For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the January 25th edition of Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here tonight with Bryant McKinney, who played football for the Vikings, Ravens, and Dolphins, and will soon be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Also here with Sal Spice and Ron Saw. That's the group for tonight. Since we last chatted last week, the, some of the big news that came out of the week involved Ed Donatel, who is no longer with the Minnesota Vikings. The team has additioned four other men for the position, so we'll get into some of that chatter and pretty much the offseason, that's where we're at for the, the Vikings, who lost prematurely to the, the Giants a couple weeks ago. But it's offseason mode right now, so that's what's on the docket for tonight. Foremost, Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL, playoffs, to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite uh, leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Believe in Vikings, the January 25th edition. Uh, Brian McKinney was off last week. It was just the crew plus Yannick from Germany. Yannick has gone back to Germany since, but Brian has returned. Brian, how how was your week? We missed you. Oh, it was pretty good. I had to um, speak at Cal Lutheran uh, last Wednesday um, for less chat. And um, one of my partners here went to that college and he asked us to come in and discuss being entrepreneurs and, you know, the ups and downs about it. And, you know, them incorporating an athlete and just all those type of scenarios. So we kind of discussed that. Oh, okay. And this was in how, Los- sorry. sorry. I was okay. just gonna ask, how is Let's Chat doing? What's new with Let's Chat? Um, we you know we were doing NFL already, NFL game pass. Um, and then now we just got um MLS as a client. So now there are clients and <clears throat> may come on the board to do some more with uh, Let's Chat. So let's chat. We have I'm about to read our client list. Um, we have the National Women's Soccer League. We have Junior NBA. We have the Golf Channel, Golf Now, Golf Pass, Tennis Hall of Fame, McDonald's, Zaxby's, Bojangles, Comcast Business, Fandango, Rotten Tomatoes, Movie Clips, and the University of Miami. And we're looking to close deals with Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, Peacock, Xfinity, Universal Theme Parks, Xerox, and French Open. Holy cow. Oh, that's doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all within uh, within the last year, too, right? Or has it been... Yeah. Uh, been- Okay. Um, you know, we were in a Comcast accelerator, so that kind of helped us a lot because a lot of these companies are owned by Comcast. 
Oh, yeah. right. I forgot about that. Well, explain what Let's Chat is, though, for anyone who might not know that's listening. Oh, Let's Chat, we do real-time translation um, over 100 languages as uh, far as SMS. Um, we can do voice. We can do something called deepfake where you take my image. We've, we've taken my image and had me speak in different languages. And those were things that we learned that were needs while we are in the accelerator program. Because like WWE said, well, what if we want, or you know, uh, PGA Golf said, what if we want Tiger Woods? image and voice, but we want to speak in different languages. So we were able to create that. So we started creating other tools because of the need too. So we're, we're continuing to grow and continue to like make more, you know, products for to satisfy people's needs. We got into food and beverage because we do the um, SRQ, QRS codes or whatever it is, um, the coding. So in your device, our languages, ours translates based on your device setting and not your IP address. So whatever you set your device for, that's what it'll come up in. So you want to know the origin of the language. So that's the difference too. And then like for the NFL, we do the Game Pass. They use five of our languages for our translation. And um, it's just, we're trying to just, you know, satisfy everyone's need. You know, what's uh, especially sweet about that, Brian, is only time I ever hear the term deepfake, it's used in a very scary connotation of how it can manipulated to sway elections and get the wrong message out. So when I finally hear it in a positive light, it's really cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It is because you always hear about the the ills of what it could be. You know, you could put it on a politician's face or anybody. Oh yeah, you can. You take yeah. somebody's whole image and have them say things. Yeah, but it's cool to hear the positive because I've honestly never thought about how it could be used for good. It's always been. The oh nasty yeah, so stuff. like for instance, WWE is like they want you know if they're out of the country mm-hmm. and they're somewhere they speak a different language, they want that the um the wrestler, the entertainer, to be able to deliver the message in that foreign language. So that was that's how it originally came up. Oh yeah. Is it um is it very Godzilla like like the old Godzilla movies where <laughs> or like it doesn't look uh, like the technology no, it looks, looks a lot natural. better nowadays. Okay. I would have to show you a video of me. It's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm the demo. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna need that. WWE. Oh yeah, I want you Oh something. wow. Oh yeah, I want you rattling something off in Italian or something like that. I'll be I wanna see it. Yeah, we gotta see that. Uh, Brian, let me let me ask you, since you uh, weren't with us, you were doing that last week. We didn't get your take on the Vikings loss to to the Giants. You must have felt like kind of in a twilight zone because that's kind of how games used to go for uh, you guys sometimes with the defense. Uh, what did you mm-hmm. think? Um, I knew they were getting some guys back on defense. And I know sometimes it can be hard to beat a team twice after you just play them that fast. So that's just like how. When um, Denver had came to us, you know, 10 years ago, and they had, like, really, like, wore the Ravens out. And then, like, we had to turn back around and play them again. And it was, like, a different ball game. You know, things changed. People came back into play and stuff like that, too. But it's just kind of hard to kind of sometimes beat the team twice. So I could see I could see that being, you know, a possibility, too. And then especially by the team who, who lost, this is a redemption for them. And plus, now this is the playoffs. Yep. So now we rebuild. Uh, we we, hit, we started the off season pretty much that Sunday night and trying to rebuild on a 13 win season with a first place schedule won't be an easy task. But one of the stepping stones that we talked about uh, without you, Bryant, um, is a defensive coordinator. When we talked last time, we weren't sure as to his fate. And about a day after we recorded, uh, Ed Donatel was fired or not retained. Mm-hmm. And so now they're inside the search for a new head coach or excuse me, new defensive coordinator. So Sally, uh, I think the the consensus from the group last week was if they were going to let go of Donatel, it was a big, Oh, well now it's come to fruition. So what do you think, Sally? 
Well, I told you guys last week that I kind of thought that this was how it was going to go. I didn't know if it was going to be the very next day or not, but I just knew that Kevin O'Connell was going to be much more diplomatic about it than um, the fan base necessarily wanted him to be. And (laughs) that is how it ended up happening. So no surprises there, I think, from anyone. Uh, It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I'm sure we're going to get into some of the rumored um, candidates. I personally, um, I'm not an elite defensive coordinator mind by any means, but I do suspect and hope that they go much younger there. Um, someone who is, who just fits in a little bit better with everyone we already have on staff. Um, on the nature of the firing, our, our friends over at purple FTW, were upset he just didn't fire him during the press conference. And I don't know if you guys saw that tweet. It was very unusual. He said that Connell didn't have the stones to do it out in the public behind the man's back, which was a little weird. Uh, Well, I am blocked, so I did not see that. (laughs) Um, So I I did not see that. But I think we talked about this last week. It's I don't understand that perspective because you can't be on your high horse blaming Mike Zimmer for everything and the toxic culture and um, not saying hi to people in the hallways and throwing people under the bus during a press conference and then say that you want Kevin O'Connell to exhibit the exact same kind of behavior. You know, like, so let's just try to be a little consistent, Purple FTW. Right. And it's they like they want the like the fireworks of they want it's like they want O'Connell and Quasi to answer questions about it when the that those questions are answered when the decision is made. Like, so when they let them go, what else? Like, again, Kevin O'Connell, like, you know, Sally, you brought it up last week. It's the knee jerk reactions doesn't seem like it's part of his thing. Like he obviously has a lot of respect for Ed Donatel and, you know, I'm sure that comes into it. Like, why would you do something to then essentially publicly chastise someone who you have respect for? So I actually applaud him for that. Um, it's not like the media is not going to have a chance to ask their questions, you know, as time goes on, when they hire someone new, I guarantee someone's going to ask what was your thought process in making a change. And he'll have plenty of time to do that. So those knee jerk reactions from people, whether it's for clickbait or whatnot, it's just, man, just people can't let anything just go and let things happen naturally. And isn't it the the way that O'Connell ultimately did it exactly the classy way to do it? Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to go and do it like on a show, like behind a guy's back. You'd rather do it. I'd rather be fired face to face than just learn about it on like, you know, KCS. Right. It's I couldn't I couldn't well, understand it. And what difference does it make if he's fired in a press release or if he's fired during the post-game press conference? What well, in the end it's the same outcome, right? <laughs> Why do you want to publicly humiliate someone? It, it, it's just ridiculous. I I just don't like the hypocrisy of this is our new coaching regime. This is our new culture. And then you want him to behave the exact opposite when it, I don't know. It's it's, it's weird. Uh, Bryant. So we have a pretty good football team. The offense clicked Mm -hmm. for the most part, besides the third quarter, that was always a pain in the ass. Every side of the ball went to sleep in the third quarter, but we're going to have a new defensive coordinator, probably within a few days or a week. And then I would guess at least five new defensive starters. So, I know you didn't play defense, but you were around the league for quite some time. Can a defense, in your estimation, be turned around to respectability in a single season? Yeah. Um, with a new coordinator, yes, they have a new scheme. So maybe they'll go back to the the 4-3 that we liked or whatever. 
Um, but with a scheme that everybody's come before and the, and the defensive coordinator understands, you know, the players and, you know, is able to use them to the best of their ability. I think, yeah, I definitely think so. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I gave an example last week of the Cowboys able to do it from 2020 to 2021. And I was immediately told by the masses, well, that's Micah Parsons, buddy. And I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure I know Micah Parsons plays for the Cowboys. I'm telling you that it's possible. If you have a, a, a good coordinator and some new personnel, there is precedent for it. And you don't mm-hmm. need, this doesn't need to be this huge, huge, like long standing rebuild. Uh, so well, the bro- Bengals, for example, the Bengals, yeah. like a couple of years ago, when they, when that year Burrow was hurt, his rookie year, like, they were not a very good defense, and you know they added a couple pieces. Obviously, they got um, you know Hendrickson and DJ Reader, but the rest of it was pretty organic growth. Like the rest of the other guys were there. So the the fact that it it's not the Micah Parsons impact, it's <laughs> there's a lot to it. Yeah, I'm going to start with you, Ron, on these candidates because Sally is a self self professed <laughs> not an elite defensive coordinator nine. So that's that's you by default, buddy. Uh, Sean Desai came from a Bears background recently, still with the Seattle Seahawks, and then there is Brian Flores, who was the head coach for three years Miami Dolphins and was linebackers coach for the Steelers. He's kind of everybody's favorite. Ryan Nielsen was co defensive coordinator for the Saints. And then Mike Pettin was thrown into the ring today, who who would be the one old guy. He's not crazy old, but the incumbent or the in-house candidate. Out of those four, I don't know if you want to power rank them or explain some of them. Give us your your thoughts. Well, I mean, like a lot of people, Flores would be at the top of my list. Um, you know, I would have been a big fan if they brought him as a head coach last year. Now I know there was a lot of turmoil, what happened in Miami, which obviously seemed more on the ownership side than him. Um, like the fact that he was trying to win games and they didn't want him to. Um, but I watched him, um, you know, in Miami, you know, essentially – not go out there and fight, but he was, he was challenging the other team. Like he was standing up for his players and it seemed like a lot of players respected that. Um, and then the fact that he went to Pittsburgh and they, once again, even though TJ Watt missed a lot of the year, they had a very good defense all throughout the year. So that would lean me to believe that we would stick to a three, four with him in, in the mix. Uh, but he also comes from that Patriots mold where they play a lot of multiple fronts and a, a lot of different looks at it. So I'm a big Flores guy. I think that type of um, fieriness that you need on the defensive side, I think you can get away with a laid back offensive coach, but you look at those fiery personalities on the defensive side, they usually tend to elevate players um, and get the most out of those guys. Um, The Desai is intriguing as well, because while the Seahawks did not have a very good defense again, well, they were ranked better than the Vikings, uh, but you look at the development, they like, obviously I was a big uh, Tariq Woolen fan. Like, you know, every guest we had on, I would ask him about him because again, he's just six, four and ran a four, two. Um, so to me, that's just, I wanted him on the Vikings, but he worked wonders with him and Kobe Bryant on the outside, as well as a young defense, Jordan Brooks taking over for Bobby Wagner. Um, so they had pieces that obviously they made the playoffs. Um, they didn't make, yeah. Um, but, uh, so that's intriguing, but it, that would also be on the younger end of the spectrum, um, which I know we all like. So um, I can't say I know much about the co-secondary coach or whatever it is on the Saints. Um, personally, I don't want anyone to do with any. I don't want anyone who has anything to do with the Saints because I'm bitter in that regard. But uh, um, 
I mean, the the dream of Raheem Morris and him having that opportunity to potentially move um, with uh, Sean McDermott or Sean McVay um, in limbo um, that would have been nice, but that dream is obviously dead because he'll stay there. But I just want us to get our next uh, D'Amico Ryan's, whoever that uh, <laughs> whoever that may be, and not our next, but the next D'Amico Ryan's. Sally, are you Team Flores? If you had to pick one, or like, uh, who do you well, like? I mean, I don't know a ton about him. I know that I think it was pretty. The overwhelming opinion of him getting let go from Miami was that that was not um, a, a necessarily fair decision or a decision that a lot of people would have made. Because I, I do remember he turned that team around um, and brought them to. A, um, didn't they make the playoffs? His they were close. Life. They ended like on a six or seven game winning streak. Yeah, and like just they, missed. Yeah, uh, they needed someone to lose there in the last yeah. week, and they would have made it in. So, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed uh, to it. I think he has a great reputation. So, um, I, I'm a, I trust Kevin to hire. I think he obviously learned a lot this year um, about what kind of coordinator he's going to want to work with on that side of the ball and what's what's gonna be successful going forward i think he's had the best on the job training that that you could have so i i trust that he's gonna pick somebody who's the the best fit do you think Petten would be the most underwhelming because he's already associated with the defense or not no. necessarily <laughs> no i i don't think that that necessarily matters i i've seen twitter today seems um like they're not very satisfied with that mm-hmm. decision and um that they think that it's kind of just a courtesy that he's getting the interview. I, I don't know how, what I think about that. I mean, if you're a guy and you're getting an interview at your job and you know, it's just a courtesy and you're wasting time, that's not going to build the culture that they claim that they're going for. Right. That's a perfect way to build resentment. So I, I don't think that it's that. It would be weird if Penn ends up being the guy and then the defense is all good. And we could have went with him like in the middle of the year this year. That's the kind of shit I'll think about all the time. And with right. Petten, keep in mind, he, he's been a head coach in his league before. So mm-hmm. while it was with the toxic Browns in that situation, but he's he's been around. So um, that experience itself, um, you know, he clearly has positioned himself well and had respect around the league. So whether or not, again, certain coaches are good in certain spots. You know, I looked up Brandon Staley and in the chargers where probably isn't fit to be a head coach, but would he make a good defensive coordinator? Absolutely. Um, and maybe Mike Zimmer is kind of transitioned into that mold as well. But uh, so I wouldn't be disappointed if Petten was the guy. Bryant with Flores in Miami, uh, where you live, there's a couple weird things were going on during his three year stint. So they kind of played hot potato between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua. And I think Tua's first or second year, and then uh, they went on the real long win streak with Flores and he got big kudos, but then it came out that perhaps they were trying to tank and he was asked to lose. And then somebody was behind the scenes colluding to get Brady and it was all times, all kinds of shit and tomfoolery. Did you know if the folks down there, did they like Brian Flores? Like the they fans? did. Everybody was actually surprised because I believe the last game was against the Patriots too, I believe. Um, and they had won. So for mm-hmm. him to like close out the season with winning a game and then, you know, having a tree and then him to get fired, it, it caught everybody off guard. So that was the main thing. And then when you hear news about 
Oh, they were asking him to lose games. Some people were like questioning. You know, I know some friends who have owned suites, and they were questioning, like, well, do I want to come to games? Is this what they're going to do? So mm-hmm. it, it was a lot. And I think people definitely have moved on from it, though, but it was a big thing for a minute. I forgot about that. And then didn't he sue the league? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What ended up happening I with that? I think that's still ongoing. That was mm-hmm. the thing where, so he's a disciple of the Belichick tree. And I think Dable has ties there. And then Belichick inadvertently text messaged the wrong Brian and said, congratulations. And that got mm. Brian Flores thinking, how the hell does Bill Belichick know? So it, it was all... before his interview. Yeah. Like, so he was being viewed as the the token that people were interviewing because um, of his of his status and, you know, being a black man. And um, so that's where he kind of raised it was the Rooney, the Rooney rule, right? The Rooney rule, yeah. And I, he, so he basically was um, under the assumption, and which seems validated, that the only reason he was getting interviews from places is because of you know him being an African American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and that's and it's totally bizarre because if Belichick knows. A, just the fact that Belichick knows is weird. <laughs> and then yeah. secondarily, if he knows before the final guy is even interviewed. There, there's again shit and tomfoolery going on. I think that one's still ongoing. I don't think that one's resolved. Uh, so Flores is in the mix. Uh, Sean Desai is the first uh, Indian uh, American roots. His parents are from India to be a coordinator, and he could coach the Vikings. And then you got a couple ordinary old white dudes that are in there, and Petten and Nielsen. All right, so I want to ask you guys some quarterback stuff. I think, I think kind Which of Nielsen, not Todd Ryan. Oh, yeah, he's from the Saints. Oh, okay. Yep, he's... Uh, Todd Nielsen is somewhere coaching, right? I'll have to look on that one. I'm oh. sure. Is that the ginger beard? <laughs> I think he might have... He was used to be with the Vikings. Hold on. Let's see. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, we're going to have to come back to that one because I don't have that handy. Okay. Um, but I am going to ask you guys some of the, the quarterback stuff. So uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be 35 years old. It is undetermined if the team will add an extra extension onto his contract. They usually like to add an extra year so he doesn't go on the naughty final year of his contract, yada, yada. Uh, But I think there's kind of a growing consensus that the man is getting old. There's been five seasons and no Super Bowl, and you should at least start thinking about the future. And one very interesting aspect, Sally, that will come up soon is that the 49ers, unless they lose like 59-0 this weekend, probably have a case to stick with Brock Purdy as the quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, in 2023. It might be an injustice to bench the guy after what he's done as an unexpected, unforeseen starter, which means Trey Lance could could be got for probably a reasonable price. And he is from Minnesota, and the Vikings have a quarterback who's aging, and you might have these young thinkers and adoptments and O'Connell who want to do it their way. What would you think of uh, a second rounder or a third rounder or something, two of those, whatever, for Trey Lance? Well, look, I thought they were going to do it their way last year, too, and they decided that their way was kind of the same way. So uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure I I I 
um, why am I getting choked up about this? It's just, I don't, I don't think that they're, they need to figure this out. Right. And I don't think that this year in the draft is probably um, going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Ron has talked about, you know, next year would be a much better time for them to pursue a quarterback. They don't have the draft picks this year. The class isn't um, heavy enough. I, I think it's going to have a lot to do with where is Trey Lance with his injury okay. and um, what are they going to have to give up because they don't have much draft capital to give up. So um, I am with you. I know we talked about this last week with not extending cousins. I'm not being a hater, but it's just, I think they got to figure out the future sooner or later. And in my opinion, the Super Bowl window is not open. It's really weird to say that when a team just finished 13 and four, (laughs) it doesn't sound right in any universe, but I mean, we saw these teams play last weekend. They're not even in the same planet as them, you know? So I would be open to it. I, I, it depends a lot on, on where he's at. And I think aren't, isn't um, San Fran, they need draft picks, don't they? Cause they gave up a lot to get him. Yeah. And, and I think they have their first this year though. Okay. Yep. And they, they, yeah. Between the Trey Lance trade and the McCaffrey trade, they're kind of like the Rams, a uh, little skimpy in the cupboard Um, on that, on that note, Ron. So you and I, are kind of or have been called or are cousins guys, but even we're open to you know doing doing the new thing because it's five years of Vikings football and same shit where they either you it's know been seventy years of Vikings football same shit. So. Well, yeah, it's been sixty two <laughs> years, <laughs> but, sixty two. Yeah. But yeah, with uh, with cousins anyhow, it's been five, and we've got one cool, really cool playoff win. So I think even you and I are are open to ideas like this. But here's the dangerous part, like kind of like where Sally was at last year, where kind of hoping for the guys, the new guys to get to their guy. Um, but now they've got this dangerous situation where they just won 13 games. So they, if they want to, they can point to that and say, for the love of God, we just won 13 games. We're not blowing shit up. Um, where are you at on alluring a trade Lance to, to the Vikings for whatever the price may be? Well, you know, first of all, like, yes, I'm right there with you and being a Kurt guy, but I think we're also realists in the sense, yes, he is an aging quarterback. Um, you know, he is, you know, going to be, you know, I'm weird to say this about someone who's younger than me, but, you know, it's going to be, what, 35 um, or so during the next season. So you have to be thinking about your contingency plan post-Kirk. And my only thing with Kirk is, like, when people just say, get rid of him, go figure it out, like, well, that's fine. I have no ties to him. He's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm never going to say he is. But what's the other option? Like, I don't want to sit through – a bottom out two and four or you know, two and 15 year of watching shit football. Um, I don't think anyone else does. Um, I would, I would, if I could have a Joe Burrow, <laughs> if I could have a Joe Burrow, I would do it three years in a row. Oh, like it, well, it wouldn't matter, you know, cause like you're but never the Joe Burrows aren't guaranteed. This. No, like, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying that so, they are. Yeah. So no, right. And you know, even like if you were to look at Trevor Lawrence last year, like a lot of people probably were thinking maybe he wasn't the guy. So I, I get it. Like you should al- always be looking. I don't Charchian always says every year, draft a quarterback, see what happens. Look at the Niners, Brock Purdy, last pick in the draft. Like after spending all that draft capital to get Trey Lance, like, and it, it may be, he may be a system quarterback, but you know what? That's the system for him. And that's all that matters. And if he continues his success, like if he goes on and wins the Super Bowl. 
not going to be like Trent Dilfer where they're going to cut him mm-hmm. like after he wins it. It's like that kid has something there with that system around him and you can work with that. Now with Trey Lance, the, like I know it's a small sample size. I know he hasn't played a lot of football um, really even at NDSU. Um, so like that's a question. But it's also a question that would be a perfect bridge with this team where it is mm-hmm. with Kirk Cousins. Even then, after that, like if you look at it, and I know people are saying that the team that has him isn't convinced that he's the guy because they've seen enough. Well, but have they though, or have they just seen that Brock Purdy is looking every bit the part? Like, doesn't necessarily mean that it's a detriment on Trey Lance, and it's just you have a guy now that you can turn to. So um, if it would take a third round pick or even, you know, next year, like tap into next year's draft capital. I'm all for it to see what he would do. Um, I did have to look it up to see. I thought maybe that Quazy was part of that um, in that timeline. He wasn't. I know he, he left that year, but um, I'm sure that because that trade was made early in the draft process, if I recall. So I was trying to find when he left San Fran to go um, like in that 2020 year. Um, to because right wasn't that the draft or no 2021 20 okay so yeah it wouldn't have mattered either way but, but, but um, he did work there for six years so right if, if if you're of the opinion that lance will not be on the 49ers and you're gonna not even be a vikings podcast if you're making lists the vikings realistically by objective standards would be near the top of the list because of the minnesota roots ndsu Quazy used to work with the team. They have a 35-year-old quarterback. So everything lines up if if indeed Kwesi the relationships are there for sure. Him and like, you know, it's and now again, it's I'm not saying it's gonna be like, you know, the Danny Ainge in uh, in the NBA <laughs> where that you, you know, you have the relationships that'll help work a deal. Um, but I'm sure that that's again the level of respect we talk about. Shanahan like especially with his dad never that whole chain like there's always a lot of respect there so if they view it as Purdy's the guy going forward they may give Trey Lance like you know again not saying that they're just gonna send him wherever he wants but they may treat that with a little bit of more delicacy like look this is the the direction we're going with we're gonna you know, field field offers for you but ultimately we'll let you decide kind of where you want to go to to have a chance at revitalizing your career so but again like he's a toolsy guy like he's he's a number three pick for a reason um and maybe that's not saying much because zach wilson was taken ahead of him and uh but uh i mean he's that perfect developmental guy that we haven't been able to have so if you can get him for you know a day two pick or well, not day two, day three pick, um, or whatever you know. Is second, third rounds day two now? Day right? two. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm all for it because every year take a stab at it. Uh, what's the situation? How much longer is he on his rookie deal? Just out of curiosity, like the, the four years with the fifth year option. Yeah, so but that would be three, the other benefit. Yeah, that so would be the other benefit. Four? No, he has three more after this. Yeah, assuming the fifth year option gets picked up. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good. And it's if they say, you know, which I'm pretty sure they have to, if they say Purdy is our guy, it might be very spooky for them to keep Lance there because you know Purdy's going to go through a stretch of two or three games where he looks human or looks like shit. And do they really want to have Lance sitting there and then you're going to have a controversy? So it might be in the best interest of the 49ers to pick whoever guy it is and then go get, you know, the some sort of Nick Mullins backup, like a like a true backup, but rather than two heir apparents, because you're going to be playing 
hopscotch between them as soon as one has a little rotten stretch. The other side of that, too, is like, again, looking at contract, I don't know what the last pick in the draft, how many years it is, but that's a dirt cheap contract. And the way that that team is constructed, again, so you avoid these Rams collapses, these kind of teams that kind of hit a wall and have to rebuild like they can keep that thing together for a while with with Purdy under quarterback with George Kittle, Debo, McCaffrey, like Ayuk's coming up on a deal soon. Like, and then that defense, which they rely on, they still got to pay Bosa, um, Fred Warner. Like, they got names out there that, for their benefit, if Purdy is that guy, they can save money and keep that team competitive year in year out. So, um, and then also getting the draft capital so that they don't have a bear cupboard like the Rams do. Um, and again, just completely fall off a cliff. Brian, we're talking about the, uh, sorry, Sally, go ahead. No, I was just saying last thing I want to say about it is though, we're saying this, but you also have to consider that everyone thought for sure they were going to deal Garoppolo. Yeah. And they did it. Right. Yeah. That's that I think it all boiled down to the, the money like that. They wanted teams to take and no one wanted to, to take on that money. So they were essentially stuck with them. Brian, we're talking about the Vikings quarterback going to be 35 by the time the season starts, which is usually a tender spot where a player will coast for about three or four more years playing at his level or start to decline. Now, you, sir, played until age 34, I believe, with the Dolphins. When could you start to feel that your your body was was different? Was that <laughs> was that early 30s or... Uh, about 33. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the recovery was just taking too long. Um. Yeah, so by the time I was getting to practice on Wednesday, I was still sore. <laughs> yeah. And then Thursday, you know, it was better. Friday, you was like back at the game again two days later. So, so it was, it was kind more of the- recovery, but you had, it had certain weeks, depending on how physical the game was. Okay. You know, some weeks it wasn't as bad. As, but then I also had a knee injury my last year. So that was really was, well, I told the tournament this because I didn't know it. Um, so I kept saying something was wrong with my knee. And that was another thing, too. So after each game, my knee would be swollen and then I had to get dead treated and it was getting like, all right, this is annoying. So, it was so yeah, kind of the Ravens are up. Until I got to, um, to the Dolphins and then when they checked, I don't know how that happened, but the, the Ravens were able to trade me to the Dolphins without actually seeing my, I guess, Physical? um, physicals or something. When I got there, they were looking at everything and they turned around and looked at me like, do you know that you have a tournament? I was like, no, but I knew I had some knee issues and they're like, <laughs> Okay, so what are we going to do? I said, you have an option of you can monitor to knee, the knee and just keep doing things that just keep it, you know, so it doesn't get, you know, too inflamed or you have to have surgery, you'll make it back for the last two games. And I'm like, you traded from let's just play and just keep, a, you know, keep an eye on it. And I just did that. And then after that, I was just like, I don't feel like I have a surgery no more. And I was over it. Yeah. So you could kind of feel the body playing tricks on you during the Baltimore um yeah um it happened it happened my yeah basically my last season that's when it really started happening and then when i when the knee kept flaring up because i was taking these shots for um i guess because i had like cartilage missing so you know i had my knee scope twice they called it synvis shots and it basically like lubricated the joints but after a while what what you don't what they don't tell you is after a while your body starts to reject it so I, i at this point i was taking them and it was my body was rejecting them now, so now it's like making my knee look swollen with fluid. But it's because the body's not absorbing um, the shot anymore. So that's what had become. And then it was like you have to have surgery or something. 
Okay. I feel like that happened to you more than once because with your ankle injury, didn't you also not know as how severe it was? I didn't know until later, way, way later. (laughs) Why are these people not telling you anything? Well, my ankle, they never, we never got an x-ray on it. So he just kind of like eyed it and said what it was. He never, they never checked the C4 break. But then later on, when I had to get a physical through the NFL, they checked and were like, oh, your ankle was broken. I knew exactly when, when he said it, like, <laughs> first I said, no, I never broke my ankle. And then when he, he said, yes, you did. And he pressed on the air and I said, I remember when I broke my ankle. <laughs> oh, I, I just didn't know. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's bulletproof, Bryant, for you. Trust me, I'm, it trust me, happens a lot. I felt like, I mean, don't they have an x-ray machine, like, just right there? Or did they not just do <laughs> no, it? No, they have to send you to go get an x-ray. Oh, because like Mahomes, you know, he runs off the field and gets an X-ray. Maybe it's different now, but I just feel like well, when by the time I cautious. said something about my ankle injury, it's like I don't know. We were home or away, and then it's like we get back. So then by the time <laughs> we get to the facility, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like we have to send you somewhere. But it wasn't at the stadium when I. By the time oh. I mean it happened during the game, but by the time the adrenaline and everything comes out, and you're like showering and cool down, like wait, my ankle's hurting. And then I'll like, oh, come in tomorrow. We'll check it out. And then it's like they yeah. just assess it based on how they feel. Sally, the last question I want to ask the group tonight, because I know you're going to say it's looking ahead, but I swear to God, free agency will be here before you know it. I wanted to uh, ask you the most emergent or urgent position that the Vikings must address. I think the big talkers are cornerback, wide receiver two, off-ball linebacker, and maybe something on the defensive line. Those will have to be addressed in free agency or the draft. Which position do you think needs the most help? Oh, I think cornerback for sure. Um, the secondary, hmm, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. Other than Duke Shelley, you know, um, <laughs> we we have some holes to fill and some some uh, positions to upgrade there. So while those are all needs, and I do feel like we've been saying this for several, for almost as long as I can remember now, that the secondary uh, needs help. Uh, that's where I would like them to direct uh, those resources if they can. And from what I'm aware, um, there should be some guys available that are intriguing. So, do you would you prefer they spend the a little bit of the piggy bank on a free agent quarterback or or do something sexy in the draft? I mean, the draft right now in my it's just such a I have no idea what to expect from the draft with them only having four picks and and where how they're going to be able to work that into getting more with all of the holes that they have. I think that they're going to have to look to free agency uh, to fill a lot of those holes in some way. Okay, I think it kind of is going to have a lot to do with their overall philosophy, though. what they're what they're going to go into with are they going to be thinking hey we're going to go into a rebuild or are they going to think hey we won the division last year we just need mm-hmm. to plug some holes get a new defensive scheme and we're going to be right back in the playoffs if that's their mindset then yeah they have to get free agents Ron we're in this weird spot for cornerbacks where we have a bunch but i think if you're in the front office or the coaching staff of the Vikings you have to operate under the pretense that Patrick Peterson's probably going to be decent, not a gangbuster superstar like he was for the first 10 weeks or whatever. I, I think you probably have to operate on the barrage. Uh, the idea that Duke Shelley was sort of a mirage. I guess maybe he could continue to play like this. Then you got two maybes for rookies. And then you have Cameron Dampsler, who seems like he was just said, you know, the hell with you in the final three games of the season. So it's five guys that were like, yeah, I don't know. 
So with that, all that, the big lead up to the cornerback, is it cornerback for you, Ron, or something different? Well, I'm a little more optimistic on the the cornerbacks um, because, like, I assuming if they can bring back Peterson, and then, like you said, then there's the four other guys or so that um, have a level of talent or you know expectations, you know, between the the rookies, the Caleb Evans, um, Booth, um, and then obviously Duke Shelley, I think earned a roster spot. Um, hopefully, Shannon Sullivan's gone, um, but. Uh, so I'm a little more optimistic on that end, um, but uh, and I think schematically, I think that'll help because they're not going to. I don't think they're going to be playing soft shell coverage every single snap. So, <laughs> um, but for me, it's um, I'll be specific on who Duran Payne from um, from Washington. Um, I think whether we stay in a three four or move to a four three, um, I think he's perfect whether a three four end um and let harrison phillips play the true nose tackle um or you know i i don't know if dalvin tomlinson will be back or not but um we need depth up front um you know our offensive line while yes i know kirk was pressured the most or like at an alarming rate this year but between darissa o'neill um you know bradbury who knows if he's coming back but they have pieces up there but we need to develop from the front and i think um, the interior, we were, we just got ran on too much, um, especially, you know, when it mattered. So that would be the guy I would want. Um, now he's probably going to be a high price free agent, but, um, we just need to beef up the front of our D line. So you'd say, uh, pain. So interior defensive line is kind of your, your go-to, right? Yeah. Whether, however you want to look at it, whether that's the, you know, three technique on, okay. uh, on a three, four scheme or, um, or four, three, but, um, in, you look at the teams that that do well and they rotate or like there's guys that go in and out look at the jets for example the jets had you know quinn and williams who's an absolute stud but he didn't play i think he played like 60 percent of their snaps so you get even if you have elite level players if you limit those numbers or those stats or snaps they're going to be more effective later in the game so i just want a bunch of those guys amen all right, Bryant, let me ask you this, uh, just for the the global NFL part of it. Who do you like this weekend, Bryant, between Eagles, 49ers, and then Chiefs and Bengals? Um, I think I like the Chiefs. I feel like before, I don't know, last year I never picked the Bengals every time, every week I kept saying the Bengals, then I win, they kept winning. <laughs> um, but I feel like this is the Chiefs form of redemption too. Um, so they get a chance to get at them again and, and make it. Um, I heard some people saying that the 49ers upset the Eagles. Um, but the Eagles just are at home again and and they got to take that long flight over there to, to the Eagles. I just, I'm not sure. I feel like the Eagles have been steady this whole season for the most part. So, I mean, I can see the Eagles winning. Yeah, they were they were damn steady and even better than steady until they went with Minshew for a while because of Hertz's injury. But it's really cool that we have these two like mountain mountainous games. It always seems like on championship weekend, one team kind of sneaks in there that maybe isn't as good as the rest. And it really doesn't feel like that one smidgen mm-hmm. at all this time. Uh, let's see, Sally, you got any thoughts on championship Sunday? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that um, a lot of these games this year in the playoffs kind of they 
there were a lot of blowouts. There were some that weren't very interesting. And I don't remember it being um, like that in the past. It probably also has a lot to do with I didn't like the majority of the (laughs) NFC team. So it wasn't uh, as fun as usual. But I I do agree these both of these matchups, it really could go either way. Um, I personally... I'm all about the Bengals. I love the Bengals. Um, I love Joe Burrow and I really want to see them do well. It's a shame that um, Patrick Mahomes does have the injury because, you know, you want to see both of those guys go against each other at as close to hundred percent as they can be, but he was practicing today. So that's, that's a good sign, but I do, I've been wanting to bring this up all day. Um, you, for anyone who's not watching, have an Ohio hoodie on right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's a Bengals endorsement. <laughs> I got this at the NFL draft in 2021, <laughs> and my uh, wife was born in Paulding, Ohio. So, uh, and then my so yes, it is. Yeah, my Baker roots also. <laughs> there's some family in Ohio. It's one of the stops when they got here from Ireland and whatnot. So yes, uh, I don't know. I don't. I feel like a fool betting against Mahomes. So the thing that's so weird about this this Mahomes and high ankle sprain is that I will whether it's NBA or NFL, anytime you hear high ankle sprain, the dude's out for two damn months. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know how Superman can be Superman like this and it'd be a non-issue. So, Well, it looked terrible. Mm -hmm. It looks, looked terrible. And the way he was responding, like that, he was definitely favoring it throughout. Yeah. What do you got, Ron, for those predictions? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm well with you on multiple fronts. It's I, I have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes um, at home in that um, in that environment. Um, but well, and I will say this: going into last year, the week one with Joe Burrow, he's answered every single question I ever had about him. Like I, to me, he's the number two quarterback in the league um, behind Mahomes. But I do think Mahomes is on another level than every other quarterback. But. Uh, um, I think the most fun Super Bowl would be, and nothing against Mahomes, would be the Bengals versus Niners because of the skill positions that would be out there. You're watching Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and then Debo Samuel, Ayuk, or Ayuk um, McCaffrey, Joe Mixon. It would just be a lot of fun to watch those guys go at it. Um, and anything but Eagles for me this week, I don't care what happens in the other one, but I still hold that grudge against <laughs> Philly. So, um but uh, I, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with the, either of the matchups. What could be in the Super Bowl because they're they're probably the four best teams, four most complete teams from top to bottom. And uh, you know, part of me does want to see the Mahomes go out because I know that narrative is coming out where no team has ever won a Super Bowl with a quarterback making over ten percent of their cap hit <laughs> or whatever that is. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that ankle injury. We'll see how he responds. But um, I mean, I've, I'd, I'd take as of now. I'd take the Bengals and um, and then then the Niners and the points. I think uh, another thing to keep in mind is that if the Bengals do do this, they will have beaten the Chiefs four times in like thirteen months, which is unbelievable. And I mean, it's almost like you can't even like believe it or make it up. So. I just hope Eli Apple gets cooked. Like, man, that I was going to say. That guy, it, and it goes back to even when he was drafted to New York and his mom and she, like, man, she likes to talk. And uh, and I just hope he gets cooked in, in very Breland, Rashad Breland fashion. 
Why I don't is know if Brian you know Eli laughing? Apple, Brian. Why is Brian Because I know him, and my mom knows his mom. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> from South Jersey. <laughs> Are they pals? <laughs> my mom, his mom, they know each other from the Info Mom Association, but I know he's from my area back home in Jersey too. <laughs> but I just seen, but I just seen him say something to um, um, Diggs, yeah, um, about Cancun for three and all that stuff too. So I was just, <laughs> just like, he kind of had this whole thing last year during the playoffs of mm-hmm. him mouthing off to a lot of people. When I know, in fact, his career kind of started off shaky at the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Oh, indeed. I didn't know about any of this until the Diggs thing this week, which has been very oh, entertaining. No, career, he started this last year. With oh yeah, everybody. yeah. With who? <laughs> Everyone. Like, when he's Everyone. on the Bengals, <laughs> or, yeah, or anyone who like who would listen? Like he, um, he is. He's the Pat Beverly of uh, of the of the NFL, <laughs> but he he doubles down on everything. It's he continues to talk and yeah. Yeah. All right, group. Uh, we'll be, we'll have a Super Bowl matchup when we come back next Wednesday to talk about, and probably I think a defensive coordinator by then. And we'll get into that. Anything else from the group? Uh, no, no. Just go Bengals. Roll the jungle. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. <laughs> okay. All right, Later. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.